Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, Will Warren, music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntables this week, we're going to be talking Sugar Babes. And what particular collection of Sugar Babes, you ask? Well, it was like a rotating turnstile of girls, wasn't it, in the band? But um, we're going with the girls' second album, Angels with Dirty Faces, a.k.a. Sugar Babes version 2.0's first album, Angels with Dirty Faces. Um, so the Sugar Babes originally formed in 1998 with Siobhan, Mutia and Keisha. This album is the first album featuring the second version of the lineup. Siobhan was gone. She went away to produce a fantastic solo album, if you remember it. Revolution in Me. Yes, absolutely mm. brilliant. So we had Mutia, Keisha and Heidi. Heidi, who I believe was an original Atomic Kitten. You're right. Pre-Kerry Katona. Ah, oh, if only they'd <laughs> made a different decision. <laughs> uh, do you know what Mutia and Keisha said when she came into the recording studio on the first day? No, but I would love to know. Heidi, hi. Is that true? I mean, it might have been, <laughs> but I'm just thinking about the, the camp 80 sitcom set at a holiday camp. Oh, um, so we're talking about the second Sugar Babes album today, which is Angels with Dirty Faces. Why that one, Dan? Well, as you well know, we're celebrating girl bands this month. We've heard from Spice Girls, we've heard from Girls Aloud, and Sugar Babes, sort of a different kind of girl band, really, aren't they? The, the, the other girls are the traditional, what is now deemed a traditional five-piece. Here we've got a three-piece, we've got a little bit of, a little bit more acceptance from the music world would you say and acceptance and understanding mm. and which of course, would have made a great album title well better than cat fights and spotlights <laughs> <laughs> um and a very interesting story as well they had that first album it was almost a little bit indie a little bit doing what the xx are before the xx were even a thing it was maybe. great great album fantastic one touch which is all you're getting today that's disgusting <laughs> <laughs> A fantastic album, and of course, the as we've mentioned before, the lineups kept changing. This really was the golden lineup, wasn't it? I think with Mutia, Keisha, and Heidi, they had a number of great albums, and I think following on from last week, and all I talk about Girls Aloud and Xenomania, actually, Sugar Babes collaborated with them quite a bit over the over the next few albums as well. So, quite a bit of what we're going to talk about today will be, I'm sure, discussing some Xenomania. Gold. Mm. It's going to be ahead in this album as well. But if you did want to feel old, and with the last couple of albums we talked about how many years it's been since you know there's been an anniversary. Around this time, sixteen years ago, the double A side, Stronger and Angels with Dirty Faces, were sitting in the charts. Sixteen years ago. Mm. Half my life away. I was only fourteen years old. That's not maths. <laughs> So, Angels of Dirty Faces, the second studio album for Sugar Babes, released in 2002, and it was number two in the album chart, and it was triple platinum as well in the UK. A far cry from their first album, which I think barely made the top... Did it even make the top 30? Shocking. It got to number 26. Uh, this, I guess this was the time when they really made a name for themselves, um, and started troubling the higher echelons of the charts. And you know what? I'd really absolutely love to dive in right now let's, to that first let's, song. Let's get in there. Let's put the first one on. So um, we're going to start off with an absolute corker, actually. 
it's a freak like me. So first things first, welcome back to Track by Track, Richard X. Richard X, our second most featured special guest, probably. Actually, Xenomania aren't far off the mention factor. No. On the podcast so far. We'll, we'll have a clean slate next week. Actually, jumping at the gun a whole hog here, that's not even a saying, there's no, next week there's going to be no mention of Xenomania, Richard Price. Oh, Stuart X. <laughs> <laughs> Quite. But on to, on to Freak Like Me and Richard X. Um, obviously, we've got to get the uh, elephant in the room out of the way, first of all. Oh, sorry, am I in the way? <laughs> the sample. Yes. So, Our Friends Electric by Tubeway Army. A very recognisable piece of music, I think, from the 70s. I was going to say 80s, 70s, I'm pretty sure. But it's it's as iconic with this song, I think, now. If not more so than his original, would you say? Absolutely. This was a massive hit for the group, wasn't it? It was huge. As we said before, they had this was their second album. The singles from the first one, I think, the first one hit the top ten. The, the rest of the of the three just sort of coasted around the top ends of the top forty. But I remember the first time I heard this song, I was um, I was on holiday in Devon with my family, and I I, I actually really enjoyed this Chugway's first album. I think it was one of the few that knew of them and listened to it and really enjoyed it but I just I instantly loved this song I instantly was kind of excited for this second wind of Sugar Babes it was also featured on Richard X's album Richard X presents his, his X Factor volume one mm-hmm. uh, which is, isn't the first time we've mentioned that album on this podcast and probably won't be the last no and we said this last time not available to stream or on any digital download platform but if you can hunt out a copy on CD from eBay or somewhere... Or Spock, maybe. Spock it, yes. There are some treats on that album that have never seen the light of day in the charts. No. And I think we probably will feature it in, in, in a later episode. That would be a great one to do, actually. Maybe yeah. we can invite the man on himself. This was The Guardian's number one song of 2002. And I can fully see why. It just, it just sounds great. Production is brilliant. I think the girls shine on it as well. Remember the video? I think there's something about vampires in the video. Yes. Um, I think Heidi played the vampire, didn't she? She was sort of the, the new face. And what a way for her to, to come into the mix, into the fold of, of the Sugar Babes. It was their first number one. Yes. Uh, and the first of many as well. On that note, I think whilst we're riding high with feet like me, the momentum continues into track number two. I've often said, I think I've said it on a couple of times in this podcast, that track two of an album, particularly if it's a non-single, 
is more, it's very often my favourite track on the album, and this is the case with this one. This was always one of my favourites. I love how it starts with this very heavy, very grimy chorus, and then all of a sudden from nowhere this acoustic, uplifting, sing-along rhythm hits you in the face. And the Sugar Babes, when they're harmonised together, they have a very specific sound. You can tell it's yes. them. And I think the chorus on this song is a great example of that. You know, I said at the beginning about how they're a little bit different to some of the other girl bands that we talk about, and maybe you know, maybe Spice Girls weren't the best singers in the world, and maybe Girls Aloud weren't the best songwriters, but actually, Sugar Babes, fantastic vocalists, as you said, fantastic harmonies, and also they co-wrote the vast majority of their back catalogue, Freak Like Me aside, of course. They can deliver the goods live as well. Yes. Unfortunately, I'm very sad to say, I only actually saw them once, which was when they were supporting... T- or opening for, take that <laughs> on their um, their reunion tour, the ultimate tour, I think it was called, which is a shame. I was I was very excited to see Motiakisha Siobhan or MKS, but a tour hasn't quite come to fruition yet, has it? Well, actually, I did see MKS. Uh, Shut they up. Did a small tour when they first came back, uh, and I saw them in Bristol, and. Um, it was I mean, obviously it all fizzled out into nothing, but it was just incredible to see the three girls back together. It's quite a small venue. They played some new tracks, which sounded incredible, but we never actually got to hear studio versions of. It's a crying shame. And I and I have seen the Sugar Babes a couple of times in London over in various points in their career. Always live, always good singers. Mm. Well done, girls. Well done. Well done. Obviously, I said I've known this song, so for 16 years, this has probably been my favourite song from this album. I have to admit, I haven't listened to the album a lot in recent years, but it was fantastic to go back to. But I learned something new about this song in researching for this episode. Are you aware of Howard Jones, the 80s musician? I thought you were, for a minute you were talking about Howard's Way, the 80s Sunday night serial set in Southampton and on the Solent. I can't say I've heard of it, to be honest. <laughs> Howard Jones had a hit with What Is Love back in 1983. You'll quite often find him on those uh, Let's Rock Cambridge tours and all that kind of thing. He played a part in this song. Really? I can't believe I never knew that before. A writer? Uh, yes, writer and producer or co-producer of the song. So yeah, very, very surprised to hear that. Uh, it's actually produced by Jeremy Wheatley, who also played a part in Freak Like Me as well. So I guess that's the kind of... He's, he's perhaps going to be the continuation going through the album. Well, I hate to rain on your parade, but mm. we're about to see, jogging up to proceedings, Xenomania here, here with their first contribution for this album on track three, which is Round Round. Round Round there, the second number one for the Sugar Babes in the mm-hmm. UK. Second one off this album as well. Great track. Yeah. What I think is very clever about this track is it sounds like it's going round and around and around, doesn't it? Um, I do remember the video for this song and there was like a massive windstorm in a kind of compound throwing items and people up in the air and mm. going round and round. And Mussy had these huge, like, 
pigtails, almost looking like a Star Wars character or yes. something like that. Um, um, it's interesting uh, quote from Brian Higgins about this song. He said, we had a drum track, which was just stunning. So I sat down with Miranda on the one day we had the Sugar Babes in the studio and said, right, you know, this is a hit. This piece of music is a hit. I haven't got anything on it. We don't have any song attached to it. So what are we going to do about that? You've got three hours to come up with something. Then subsequently, Cooper went through her catalogue of unused tracks that she had written over the last two or three years and sung the chorus of every single song against Higgins drumming. Three hours later, she sang the lyrics, round, round, baby, round, round to Higgins, who said, that's it. That's amazing. Wow. And that's where the seeds came from for that song. To be a fly on the wall in Xenomania Studios. Just gold. And especially probably during this period of time, because they probably had Sugar Babes and Girls Aloud in and around the studio getting vocals down on some of their production. Mm. Things flying around. It's, it's a great song. It's a huge song. And then all of a sudden it breaks down to this bridge. Which is heartbreaking. Through. Yeah. I think I was worried because um, Heidi sings the vocal on that. And I think when I first heard it, I did think, oh, I hope they haven't given her, you know, she's not going to go the way of Lisa Scott Lee and just sing the bridge, you know, not given the, the vocals in the yeah. first verses. Um, no, she actually it turned out to be one of the stronger vocalist maybe yes. well uh, having said that they've, they've each got their own style haven't they Much well, I don't got think this... there is a weak link no maybe later on in the band's career <laughs> <laughs> uh, who are you referring to Jade I forget that she was even a member yes yeah. but she's doing great in Aladdin now in the West End uh, but yeah Mutty has got this incredible lower range which you really hear in this song Heidi's got maybe the sort of lighter uh, not sweeter but it, she she carries it very well in that bridge and then Keisha's got a lot of soul to hers, I think. So, mm. uh, and put all that all t- together, and uh, yeah, those harmonies are, are stunning. So, speaking of stunning, mm. should we move on to track four? One of my dad's favourites. The Take That Fan. The Take That Fan, yes. See where I got my music taste from, actually. Mm. One of the best ballads of the noughties. It's it's fantastic, isn't it? Really powerful. Yeah. And I can remember when that came out, and it was just so captivating. Yeah, it's a, a fantastically written song. I think on their first album, they had these incredible ballads. They had One Touch and Run For Cover. But there's something about this song and, and the production of it and, and the performance from the girls as well. Uh, really dramatic performances. And... Uh, yeah, it gives me the shivers. It gave me the shivers listening to that. It took me back to hearing it for the first time. It took me back to probably singing it on karaoke back in the day. Oh dear, after one too many uh, Ricardi breezes. Well, a Smirnoff Black Ice may have been had. Oh, yeah. premium Alco Pops. That's quite a posh little alky. Uh, there was also a brilliant Almighty remix of this song, just to lighten the tone slightly. Yes, please do. One of the things I really love about doing this podcast as well is that I mentioned with Blue... We, we research it and we really find out more things about the track. So with Blue, I heard about Howard Jones working on it. Knew of him, never knew he worked on that track. Never knew he'd messed around with the Sugar Bays before. Uh, <laughs> and on this track, um, a guy called, and I'm 
do apologize. I probably won't say his name right. Marius de Vries. I'm taking the S off the end there because it sounds very French. He is a, a, a producer and a composer. He's worked with, interestingly, as well as Sugar Babes, he's worked with the Sugar Cubes, um, which is Bjork's initial band. But also he played a part in the scoring of Romeo and Juliet, Barcelona's Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge. So, and I think now looking back at the song and the really like lovely strings in there well, you, it makes sense doesn't it yeah it's it sweeping it's orchestral so yeah um i think he, he plays a big part in 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 this song and, and thank goodness he does let's move on to track five now which is supernatural love comes and love goes what life holds Love is as love does So don't ask for too much Sit back and let your heart just break Cause what you give is what you take Love is as love was before So you are known All the universe is looking for in love But you gotta first Find yourself to love someone else on production duties there, Bloodshine Avant, who we last discussed back, a f- well, a fair few weeks ago now when we were talking about Confessions on a Dance Floor mm. by The Madonna. Uh, a very popular episode. Extremely well received. Thank you for your feedback on that yeah, one. Yeah, you lot loved that one. Thank you. It's um, And we loved recording it. Yes. It's a, really fe- mean that. The feeling was mutual. But we probably should talk about these three princesses of pop right now. What's your take on the song? Um, it's I love the relentlessness of the song, that kind of the thud, 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 marching on through the track with the electrical undercurrent running through. Yes, yeah, very uh, hard, synthy sound, which, uh, which is, as you probably know from previous episodes, I'm all for. I think it very much is, if I'm being honest, it's very it's an album track, isn't it? It's a great album track, but it wouldn't have worked as a single. As of quite, you've got five it's singles. Definitely on here. an album track. Um, but a, a, a great one, and as we've also mentioned many times before, there are sometimes tracks that are picked for singles, which which shouldn't have been. There are sometimes tracks that aren't picked, which should have been singles. This is neither. This is just a great, solid, super album track. It knows its place. Mm. I don't see any reason to hang around. Um, so let's crack on. <laughs> very to the point. I like it. I've been Heidi Range. <laughs> no, no, sorry. No, no, end it. Just <laughs> uh, let's move on to track six now, which is Angels with Dirty Faces. Have you ever seen an angel with a dirty face? I, I'm looking at one right now. <laughs> so that track, uh, Zenimania are back, producing that one. Also writing with the girls on that one. A bit more of a kind of UK chart R&B feel to that one. Yeah, I think similarly to Blue, it starts off with a very little bit more R&B. You said it's kind of like a deep, almost, I've put, I've put here in my notes, bubbling. It's a bit of a bubbling verse at the beginning there. Then Muttier comes in and kind of it starts to soar. A little bit. A bit bubbly. <laughs> and of course, famously, it was the theme of, and feature on the soundtrack to that huge 
uh, blockbuster film, um, the Powerpuff Girls movie. I wonder what you were going to say then. Oh, it was really, was it? Yes, yeah. The video had the girls uh, animated, that Cartoon Network style. It was was also a double A-side with Stronger. Double A-side's not really a thing anymore, are they? Well, no, because you don't need a double A-side if you can download every track. Yeah, but it's a real shame, though, because I think what was great about... You know, that, that double A side was, was that stronger. You had this gorgeous ballad and Angels with Dirty Faces. You had this more up-tempo club-like song. And if you think about other double A sides that, from acts that we might talk about, um, Mama and Who Do You Think You Are from Spice Girls. Now, I was about to say, as a side note, uh, are there any other double A sides that, that... And I thought you would mention the Spice Girls one. I was also thinking about Heartbeat and Tragedy by Steps. Again, you get to the two different sides of the band the, the, the ballad and the uh, and the dance song so I think they work they can work very well it's interesting actually to sometimes think why did they choose to market that way because you've got to obviously release two tracks to radio you've got to choose two videos in the Spice Girls sense I guess they were they were targeting Mother's Day and Comic Relief perhaps with uh, Steps they were going for the, the Christmassy ballad and and the Christmas office party dance track. Little did they know it would be the staple of every wedding reception and office Christmas <laughs> party for, for the rest of time. Mm. But back to Stronger and Angels with Dirty Faces, you know, perhaps they just thought we need to pick a single, we've already released two, these these two great tracks here, let's put them both out. Track seven now, uh, this is Virgin Sexy. She wants to be So, do you think this is the first musically documented reference to texting in a song? Hmm, I was thinking that when I, yeah. Um, it must be up there. I mean, how many years ago did we say it was? 16 years ago? Yeah, texting was a bit of a bigger deal then back then, wasn't it? I remember I, I, I gave out some invites to my birthday party the year I got my iPhone, or the year after I got my iPhone. No, not iPhone, just a mobile phone, a Motorola mm-hmm. with a massive aerial and it said at the bottom of, of the invitation can you come text me and then put my number on there and i thought i bet you thought you were being really like up to date really forward thinking yeah absolutely yeah i thought it was a, a sign of the times i also think i spelled come c-u-m oh damn i thought i was being cool let yourself down there didn't i you? know speaking of which virgin, virgin sexy. sexy so Different kind of vibe on this song. Mm. Bit rougher, bit dirtier. Did you enjoy that one? <laughs> it's a, it's a good it's a good track. It's probably one of the stronger tracks on this album. Yeah, real. I mentioned R and B a few times, but it is very much more of that R and B side. And probably because a producer called Lucas played a big part in this song, and he has worked with acts including Tony Braxton and Christina Aguilera. And the Pussycat Dolls, so like the the poppier side of R and B, um, Boys to Men as well, and also a little known artist called Kylie Minogue. Ah, oh, what song for Kylie? Get out of my way, get out of my way. Good track. Great track, great track. Once again, yeah, produced and co-written by Lucas uh, Lucas Secon. I don't know why I think he's French. <laughs> Maybe it's Lucas Secon, but also co-written by the girls again. 
I am quite intrigued to know who put in the line about really scares me like Freddy. Because it's a bit... Well, Freddy, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, but it, lyrically, kind of, I think it takes away from the song a little bit and puts it more in the category of all-stars, things that go bump in the night. Which won't get an airing on this podcast. Oh, best friends. The cover of A Land of Make-Believe. The cover of Is There Something I Should Know by Duran Duran. Perhaps we'll see them in a future episode. Maybe in a couple of years' time when we finally start to run out of material, but... Oh, you're right there, but... With uh, indigestion. <laughs> we're, in, we're in no signs of stopping at the moment. Tell you what, while Will pops a Rennie in, let's listen to Shape. And you can easily gamble your life away Second after second and a day by day You play the game or you walk away It's a new turn on a blue day and you can easily gamble your life Old man singing with the young nubile sugar babes. It was, in fact, Sting. Who? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Uh, joking, of course. Of course you are. Yes, that's Shape, which was the final single from the album. Single four or five, if you're counting the double A side as two songs. I don't know what the rules are. So yes, that features a a, a re-recording of Sting's Shape of My Heart, by which I mean... Sting actually came in to re-record his... Rather than just sampling the track, Sting came in to re-record his vocals. He thought, apparently, according to Mutcher, he thought he could do a better job. He was very happy to do that. Mm. He wanted to be clear. Do you know who else thought he could do a better job? Who? Craig David. Remember Rise and Fall? Yes. Very similar time to this, I think. Yeah, I think the Sugar Babe's done it better. Mm. You would say that. It's another fantastic ballad on the album, isn't it? We had Stronger before. Uh, and we've got shape. Did this have the Sugar Babes done better ballads since? I don't think they ever did. Hang on for my further listening. Oh no. <laughs> maybe it will be a ballad, and maybe it won't. But yeah, are you a fan of this one actually? Because, uh, generally speaking, when I hear a ballad, I don't, I don't think of you. That's not because I don't love you, but. <laughs> Just because you know, I'm not that kind of person. No, you, you you struggle to connect on an emotional level. I think that, would you say that's true? Um, I'm cold. I'm distant. <laughs> calculated. I'm withdrawn, calculated. Mm. No, but I do prefer something a little bit more banging. Something with a donk on it. Uh, absolutely, with bells on. Having said that, what and I know you like stronger. What are your thoughts on this one? Stronger's definitely the my preference mm. of the two. Um. But at this point in the album, this is absolutely lovely to hear. It's oh, very welcome. I'm very glad to hear that. Um, let's let's say no more on the matter, and let's move on. I think to track number nine, and I just don't need this. This is a great opportunity to talk about the fantastic artwork featured on this <laughs> album. No, no, no. We'll, we will go there in a minute. But, Dan, what did you think of this track? 
when I thought back to the album, it's not one that popped into my head, and when I re-listened to it, it's not it didn't jump out at me again. I do I do quite like the production of it. The the strings in there are very um, actually reminiscent of Stronger, which is, is the same producer Johnny Rockstar, who Johnny or Joni? Johnny Johnny yeah, who produced quite a few of the girls' other ballads. But yeah, certainly doesn't. You know. It doesn't really go anywhere. No. And there's nothing in there that's catchy or memorable that makes you want to come back to it. Mm. There's not a lay. It's not layered there for me. Mm. So that album artwork. So that artwork. So, I mean, they're they're in a country park. Yes. The three girls. Um, they're they're sat on a picnic table, but only one of them is actually sitting on it the right way. Is that Mutia? Uh, sitting on the bench, but even then she's sort of straddling it yeah. rather than sitting across it properly. I wouldn't say that was the right way, to be honest. I think Keisha's lying across the top of the table and, and Heidi's a bit more sun-kissed in the background, smiling like butter wouldn't melt. Mm, smiling like a puppy, she is. Uh, and I have to say, I love the font that they use on this on the on the cover art as well. On lowercase as well. Yeah. And interestingly, there's a, there's a full stop after Sugar Waves, but not after the album title. Um, but Comic Sans, Comic Sans is always nice, isn't it? On no, it's absolutely vile. <laughs> yeah, it's a lovely artwork. A very, um, you know, you again. I'm taking it back to kind of what were predominantly girl bands of this time. It's not polished like you would see on a on a Girls Aloud cover or a Spice Girls cover. It's very much, uh, you know, they've got their denim jackets on. They're just in the. It looks like they're just. Pulled off in a lay-by somewhere. <laughs> pulled into a lay-by somewhere. But good for Speaking, them. Good for them. Good for, but good for them. Speaking of being pulled off in a lay-by, it brings us on to track 10 now, which is No Man, No Cry. <laughs> No man, no cry there. Mm. No melody either. <laughs> so I think it's fair to say we've hit a a, a patch of indifference uh, at this point in the album. And, you know, we're not here to love every album. We will call things out if we don't feel happy about them. Yeah, you know, this album starts very strong. There's, there's some huge... Singles were all really huge, quality pieces of music. Blue and a couple, a couple of the other bits really great there as well. I do feel like this and the previous track really are a little bit of filler, actually. You know, No Man, No Cry. Clearly that's a play on the words No Woman, No Cry by Bob Marley. Bob Marley's not for not for me personally. I mean, you might be a fan. It's never come up in conversation over the years, but uh... no, I have a couple of couple of bangers, but uh, not something I'd, I'd pop on on my work, walk to work. So we draw a veil over things now, yeah. and let's let's pick things up a bit with Switch, which is track number eleven. He's nothing special. Don't need his dose and lend down. What is that? Joke. 
That's got a bit more energy into things. There's a real bounce in that track. Yeah, like it, it comes back with a little bit more of that electronic production. Um, and actually, the lyrics in that one really spoke to me a little bit more than the last few songs. There's a line I really like. Remember, a good way to get out of an old thing is to jump into a new thing. And what might that be in reference to? Maybe to one of the band members. <laughs> or several of them. Um, also working on that song was a writer called Nina Woodford, who went on to co-write James Morrison's Broken Strings, the song he did with Nella Furtado. Oh, really? Mm, which is a, her, her best-selling uh, or most recognised co-write to date. I have to ask you at this point in the... In in the in the recording, mm. um, if you what's your favourite lineup of the Sugar Babes? Because there've been a number over the years. Yeah, very good question. Um, I mean, this lineup, I think, this is the golden age of the Sugar Babes. Yeah, you're 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 right. But I have to say, there's something very special about Mutti Kishu Siobhan. Um I think when they came back with Flatline, it was a fantastic song. I'm still disgusted that it's been about six, five, five or six years now and nothing else. Sometimes they, every so often they tease on Twitter that it's not over and something else is coming. But um, well, that... I don't know, have you seen her carrying on on Celebs Go Dating now? Mm, well, I haven't, but I do follow her on Instagram. Oh, we're talking about Mutty, by the way. And uh, I'm not sure how she'd fit into that group anymore. It's probably gone too far now, which is a shame, but Don't I think you... we're going to need to make our peace with that. Well, possibly. But then again, they said Robbie Williams would never get back with Take That, and they said Spice Girls wouldn't get back together, so watch this space. Indeed. Okay, so we're on to the final track of the album now, which is More Than A Million Miles. This is the song, it's interesting that it's the last song on the album. We've actually just been mentioning during that song that it's kind of difficult to tell when this album ends because then you've got a bit of an acoustic jam and then you've got a, an alternative take another song. Let's let's say this is the last song proper on the it's, album. Yeah, let's draw a line under things right here, mm. right now. But what I would like to say about this one is that, for me, it's this track that sounds more like their debut than anything else we've heard so far. Correct. Yeah? Yeah. And I think that's that's this blend of a very stripped back acoustic sound, the harmonies that are on point, and then just a kind of a just more of a hint of R and B in the production. Um, and I I actually really like it's not it's not one of the songs that jumped out at me when I was thinking back to the album before giving it another listen. But actually, it's it's, it's a quality piece. You're right. It's very organic. That's a great word for it. Yeah. Uh, but is it the right way to end an album? And we we often have this debate, don't we? Yeah. About how you should go out from from the end of an album. We do, and I have to be honest, and I think I'd probably disagree with you. Um, I think it's quite a nice way to end it, actually. I think it starts off with uh, Freak Like Me, kind of a huge, huge opener, and ends with this 
the, I guess the Fruity Like Me is the brand new sound of the band and, and, and a huge Richard X production there. And this is just a, a reminder that actually the bonus of it all, there are the great songwriters and the great performers. I think the album starts to run out of steam a little bit after track a after shape. Mm, yeah, it's not strong throughout. It's not. I've heard stronger. Well, they've almost front loaded the big songs to the to the first two thirds of the album, and it just feels a little bit weaker towards the end. And that's just. I like the album, but I do prefer the first eight tracks a lot more than the last four. Yeah, but it's it's not over for us right now. No, so Dan, tell us what are we looking at for further listening today? Because the Sugar Babes have got a rich tapestry, they've got a checkered past. How are we going to do this? So, as you'll all know, further listening, this section of the podcast is where we talk about uh, another moment in the featured band or artist's back catalogue. And we normally try to limit it to a certain time. So, with Sugar Babes, this week we're we're sticking to this this lineup of the band. So it lasted for three albums: um, this one, Angels with Dirty Faces, three, and then Taller in More Ways. Taller in More Ways, which then was reissued actually after Mushy left. However, my track I mentioned earlier actually that mine was probably going to be a ballad, and I'm sticking to my guns. I was quite tempted to maybe go for an album track um, that maybe you haven't heard, and, and it would it would lure you in to lure lure lure, <laughs> lure. I can't say it lure. Lure, lure lure you lure you draw you in and really entice you to want to listen to uh, something different to Sugar Babes but I, I can't because there's one song from this lineup which I think is a masterpiece unfortunately they didn't write it themselves um, but it featured very heavily in Love Actually and is you know just a huge part now of, of a huge film Say so what you want about it is it's a bit of a masterpiece. That was the alarm to say that I've chosen the wrong song. <laughs> so we'll now go back in and choose something else. No, here it is. This is a little bit of uh, Too Lost in You. saying earlier about were there did was stronger ever going to be bettered mm. in terms of bands and I had actually forgotten wrongly so about this track it is I think it is yeah it's it's a uh, it's written the girls didn't write this one it's written by uh, Diane Warren who is just renowned for writing these huge big often uh, film featured ballads like There You'll Be by Faith Hill uh, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith uh, and also uh, a little-known single called Numb by Pet Shop Boys. Oh. Um, and it's also reminded me that what we're kind of mid-November now, so it isn't too long, and I know you're aligned with this as well, mm. too long to go before it's time to re-watch Love, actually. I actually like to watch the film exactly five weeks before Christmas, because that's when the film starts. And would you, Adam and Eve, that day is today. So Really? Yes. What are the ch- we did we aren't even planning that. We did not so plan that. That's great. Yeah. So um yeah, if you are listening to the podcast on your way to work, it's maybe a little bit snowy outside, perhaps you're popping to Heathrow Airport, um, just to look at people hugging each other. 
Get home, get the file it, and get Love Actually on. Oh, real treat. Mm. Um, but the podcast doesn't end there. <laughs> Before we go into my choice, I, it would be remiss for us not to link this week's episode to last week. And the fact that we talked about Girls Aloud last week, Sugar Babes this week, they actually recorded a song together. Well, I can't believe we've let it this long before mentioning it. Yes, the comic relief single, Walk This Way. And it was another one of those videos, and I think we've mentioned it in previous weeks, where did they ever actually get together to record either the song or the video? Mm. Because it looks like they didn't meet. They mm. might have done. You don't hear that song anymore, do you? I've not heard that song for a no, long time. No, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, so you prefer the original? Well, I, I prefer the original. I also prefer each group t- sticking to their own. Never the Shania Twain shall meet. Exactly. So... Yes, please tell me, what is your further listening track for this I've week? I've jumped ahead a couple of albums. Oh. Um, two, and I'm, I'm just on the cusp, because my further listening song was re-recorded when Amel joined the group and released as a single. But I the original... did set the rules quite clearly that it had to be... The original version Good. featured our girls, our lineup. Oh. Um, and I've gone for a, a real belter, actually. It's a bit of a banger. Mm. And it's actually a real coincidence because it's actually what you're wearing today for today's podcast, Dan. <laughs> um, so this is <laughs> Red Dress. Yeah, really like that one. Um, it reminds me, it makes me think of two things, that song. First of all, I think it's very Duran Duran Girls on film. The blend of the bit, the bits of guitar that shine in there, the, the driving bass, how the drums work. I think it's very reminiscent of of that time and that song. Would you, would you agree? Have you... I agree. I think the thing I love about it is, I mean, arguably, there are two choruses as yes. well. Um, classic Xenomania. Classic, um, because if if you couldn't guess, they are on production there. Uh, it does have that sound, doesn't it? Mm. Their sound, um, and that's one of the things I really love about it. Um, but I do see your point. Thank you, thank you very much for that. It's probably the dress. Yes, <laughs> probably. <laughs> the other thing it really reminds me of is um, Leah. From Big Brother Seven, do you remember the porn star? No. She wore a dress similar to the one very one I'm wearing today. Actually, uh, it was used as her entrance or exit music. I can't remember quite which one, but I do remember making a playlist on iTunes back in the day of everyone's entrance or exit music. Um, that was the year that also had Mikey and Nikki Graham, and it's a very big year for Big Brother. Well, but you, but you were saying earlier that you still do that every year for Big Brother since then. I don't think I said that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're out of time. Oh, what a shame! Um, I think we've really, we've really covered some ground today with the uh, Sugar Babes. Mm. Um, and you know, we're not here to love every album, but there's some brilliant stuff in the mix in Angels of Dirty Faces. Yes, and across Sugar Babes back catalogue, there's even more. So 
who knows, perhaps we'll feature a, a different lineup at a different time. But not Jay Dewin. Not Sweet Seven, was it called? Sweet Seven, yeah. No Although, offense. a couple of good songs. Get in there. Sexy, it was fantastic. And it, um, it? About a Girl. Mm. Where My Kiss? Nah, pushing it there. Mm. Um, we'd love to know what you think about the Sugar Babes, about this album, about their, their lineups, about my red dress. Uh, please do let us know on Twitter at Move to Trash UK, hashtag track by track. And if you like what you hear, or don't like what you hear, but want to continue listening anyway, please subscribe as well. Thank you for all the lovely comments we continue to get. Um, but we're quite happy to receive more. Do rate us if you like what you hear as well. So next week, I'm afraid, is the last week of our celebration of girl bands. So can you give us a hint of a tease about the Honeys album that we're going to feature <laughs> next week? Not the Honeys, but I can tell you the girl band we're featuring next week are still going strong at the moment. Mm. So Cleopatra coming at you next week. <laughs> and to say anything more than that, it's not Cleopatra, but to say anything more than that, we'd give it away. Mm. But for now, I've been Heidi Range. And I've been Jade Ewan. Oh dear. Mm. Goodbye. Bye.